Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to today's episode of 219 Green Connect, where we explore topics about the environment and green living in Northwest Indiana. For past show archives, news, and upcoming events, you can check out our website at 219greenconnect.com or join us on Facebook or Twitter. Our ID on both of those is 219 Green Connect, and you can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Kathy Sipple. And today I am speaking with Daniel Pointer. He is the founder of Carbon Neutral Indiana. And he's going to talk a little bit about the organization, but especially an exciting new book that they have published and a special offer for people who are in Northwest Indiana. And even some talk about mentions of Northwest Indiana that made it into the book, which I think is very exciting. The book is called Carbon Neutral Indiana, A Practical Guide to Climate Optimism. And I couldn't be happier to hear more about that. So welcome, Daniel. Hi, Kathy. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Well, thanks for making the time. I, it just seemed like a natural when you told me about this uh, book to say, hey, instead of me telling your story, why don't you come on and tell your own story? <laughs> so do you want to start with the book, or do you want to talk about how you formed the organization first? Like, your choose your own podcast adventure. You choose where to start. <laughs> I liked those books when I was a kid, Choose Your Own Adventure Novels. Good. <laughs> well, I'll tell a little bit about our origin story and then share about this book that just came out. Great. Um, I, I think you and I crossed paths when um, I took a year off to interview about 300 people working on environmental issues in the Midwest. Um, I kind of woke up to environmental issues from a uh, – presentation about invasive species by Don Slack, who used to be with the Nature Conservancy. And I kind of came to climate through the invasive species talk. And I, I took about a year to interview people working on environmental issues. Um, and I took hundreds of pages of notes and created a visual systems map of all the people working on, you know, greenhouse gases and carbon emissions, just to really figure out where do I fit in. Um, you know, it's kind of like a big spider web or a, a ball of yarn. It's a big knot. Um, where are all the forces and how can I contribute to not mess things up, you know? And I think that's where we crossed paths was during perhaps 2019. I think that's right. But you know what? I never knew that part that you came into it through invasive species. So that's an, a new insight I'm getting getting into you. So that that's cool to learn. Yeah, please continue. I, I like to share that point just because I think we're all, you know, environmental communicators trying to figure out what works. How do you um, meet people where they're at and, and, and engage them? And so for me, I've actually heard a lot of people get interested in climate through invasive species. Um, so during that year of interviewing, um, I learned, you know, I met with um, activists and scientists and, and nonprofit folks like you, uh, and I really appreciate you and what you've done as a community builder, um, really like a community weaver um, that's how I, 
I conceptualize you, Kathy, and um, in a lot of ways, I feel kind of like so big right oh, now. I kind of no feel idea. like <laughs> exactly. Kind of feel like yin and yang. Like, yeah. Like you yeah. kind of, you, I feel like you're kind of like my spiritual sister in a way. Like we we think a lot alike, like Her but mother, in a male female yin yang. <laughs> yeah. I have to be a very much older sister, but thank you for that. I appreciate it. <laughs> Yeah. No, Sorry, so we're, we're very much of the same kind of like spiritual cloth, I think. Um interested in in um in in the in bringing people together, connecting them, you know, and seeing what happens and also having faith that as people get connected, some awesome stuff will happen that we can't even imagine, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely couldn't agree more. Yeah. And so, yeah, so all of that hundreds of pages of study and like how did that that research land you with carbon neutral Indiana. Tell me about the bridge. What what took you from point A to B? Well, in those interviews, I learned a lot. The two major insights, I think, was that the first one was half of the carbon emissions in the country come from ten states, and one of them is Indiana. And um, you know, I've been I've told hundreds of people this fact. A lot of people had never heard of it before. It just shocks me, you know. Indiana is one of 10 states producing half of the carbon emissions in America. And then the other thing is much less known, and it shocks me too. If you look at climate philanthropy throughout the entire nation, from the big foundations like Rockefeller, Ford, MacArthur, Bloomberg, Bezos, and you, you think, um, you know, you look at Indiana, we're 3% of the population of America. We have 6 million people. So you, you might think that um, Indiana environmental groups would get 3% of the climate philanthropy, but I've looked at all the IRS documents for all the nonprofits working in the space, and it really seems like we're getting 5% of the funding that we should. So I think we should be getting about uh, $25 million a year to fund environmental and climate issues in Indiana, but we're getting more like a half a million to a million. So this was the second lesson I learned that really shocked me. Um, one, that Indiana is very carbon intensive, and two, for whatever reason, we're just not getting the support that would be fairly distributed. So out of those two lessons, I decided to create an organization and name the goal. So if people saw our organization, Carbon Neutral Indiana, they would know what our goal is, which is, you know, stick around for 30 years and help the state get carb be net neutral to reduce its carbon emissions and balance them out with carbon removals, like natural sinks or engineered sinks. So that's the, the goal is to help the state be carbon neutral. We don't know how we're going to get there. We'll figure it out as we go. But we name the goal, and that's the organization's name. And then the second thing about funding is I thought, you know, if we were going to uh, be sustainable financially, if we're going to be here in five years, we have got to generate some income. So um, I'll just say one moment. Uh, when I first started doing this, I thought carbon offsets were greenwashing. I, w I didn't really think they were legitimate. But actually, when I started to research them, I realized that it's um, quite a – it's actually part of a paradigm shift when you think about nonprofits and social and environmental causes. Um, if you think about, um, let's say you, whatever social cause you care about, let's say you really care about dogs and you don't like when dogs are euthanized. So you might donate money to the local animal shelter, you know, $500 a year. Um, but after a while, you start to wonder, is my money being effective? So you ask the shelter, hey, what have you accomplished with my $500? And this is the first stage of accountability the nonprofit creates an impact report. Um, not all nonprofits do that, but most do. So they create an impact report that says, you know, we brought in $20,000 and we've rescued 500 dogs. 
So that's nice, but it can get even better than that. So then you can say, well, how much money does it cost to rescue one dog? So if I wanted to rescue one dog, how much money do I need to give you? And so they can figure it out. They say, well, we brought in so much money, we rescued so many dogs, so for every $370, we can rescue one dog. And you say, okay, that's great, but it can get better than that. So you say, well, I would really like to have a third party verify that statement. Can somebody, a third party, look at your accounting and your, and your actual your, your impact and verify for me that it really costs $300 to rescue one dog? And so they do that and have a third party verify. And then theoretically, you could imagine, you know, you could, for every $300 you give, you know you've rescued one dog, right? This very idea could be applied to education nonprofits to, ed, to help children read. It could be used for animals to rescue animals. It could be used for planting trees. And it can also be used for climate. So what I realized was that carbon offsets are this very thing. For every carbon offset you buy, you're essentially paying somebody somewhere in the world to reduce one ton of carbon emissions. And there's a third party who verifies it. And the whole thing is transparent. So while we do need systems change, we need political advocacy, we need education, and so on and so forth, we also could benefit from some, uh, com uh, some commoditization and accountability and metrics, right? So this is, where, this is how I discovered carbon offsets, and I thought, you know, we're not really getting any funding in Indiana, so what if I helped households measure their carbon footprint, which everybody has a little bit, and then I said, okay, Mrs. Smith, um, you pay to clean up your physical trash every month, you know, 50 bucks a month. You pay to clean up your sewage, whatever, you pay the water bill. Why not pay to clean up your carbon trash? You know, it's probably 15 or $20 a person per month. And Mrs. Smith says, yeah, sounds good, sign me up. So then basically after a year, for a year full time, I, I worked for free to build up 100 subscribers. And 60% of that money goes to reduce, you know, a carbon, a ton of carbon emissions by planting trees or you know, retrofitting a landfill to capture methane gas or feeding cows garlic so they don't burp up as much methane. So 60% of the money goes to that and 40% goes back to our organization to keep it financially sustainable and to, to uh, continue marketing and growing, right? So this is how Carbon Neutral got, Indiana got started. Um, we're a nonprofit, but we, we have, um, you know, at this point over 200 households that pay monthly to clean up their carbon trash and that money goes all over the world to reduce carbon emissions in a verified way. So that's a, a little bit about the origin, and that's, what we, that's how we are structured. Can I ask you a quick question? I, I know you were looking into this, I think, last time when we talked, but um, I'm, I'm all for, you know, hey, carbon reduction everywhere helps everybody because it is a global community and a global problem. I think you were looking into having some of the offsets, like, actually – happen right here in Indiana? Did, is that something that, like, where are you with that, I guess? Yes, like, totally. So at the beginning... Are planted here at all, or just curious? Not yet. Not so yet. Okay. At, actually, I began this journey with that question. I thought, how much money could I pay somebody to plant trees, and not just plant trees, but to verify that they'll be here in 50 years, when, right. everyone, when everyone associated it is with, with it is gone? Mm -hmm. And that was actually the question that got me down this path. So for the past year and a half, I'm speaking with you in November 2022. In springtime 2021, I started hosting a monthly working group with members of the Indianapolis City Parks, with Eli Lilly, with Indiana Forest Alliance and others. And I led this monthly meeting um, to learn together how we could create a carbon offset project in Indianapolis 
to preserve and plant trees. It's been a year and a half, and finally, the city um, decided to do this, but they issued a request for qualifications, and they opened it up to other nonprofits. We, we may or may not get the contract. We're still going to – they're still deciding whether – so we may not even get the contract, but at least we got it going. Yeah, well, good for you for, for trying. I mean, that, it, I don't want to make this about me, but, you know, you did mention that we've got a lot in common. And as you know, I've been working on a greenhouse gas inventory up here in northwest Indiana. Last year we completed that. And now this year we're working on a climate action plan um, in conjunction with our regional planning commission. And we're working, you know, toward region carbon neutrality. So, you know, most of the things that we are doing are at a regional level. So if and when I discover some good partners and resources, I'll definitely, you know, uh, refer them your way. But, okay, so back to you. Totally. So that's a great origin story, and thanks for getting me up to speed. And then, so the book, is that a good place to go to next? Like, so after you've got your organization running, you've got subscribers, what, some of these things are kind of interesting that you tell me are in the book, like relevant bills and discussion questions and how-to guides. And so I'm just so curious, like, did your research or your experience, like, help you branch out into other things that you thought would be useful for people? Or, yeah, just wherever you want to go with that. Yeah, so, so our mission is pretty simple, help Indiana go carbon neutral. And, you know, we can't do that alone. We, we have to um, work with us as a system with all the different other organizations. Our beginning step is to help households measure their carbon footprint and clean it up, just to take a little bit of personal responsibility. That doesn't mean that ExxonMobil is off the hook, but each one of us can do a little bit, right? So we have about 200 households throughout Indiana who are carbon neutral, and they keep asking, Daniel, what am I supposed to do next? What, what do you recommend? Should I, get a te- should I get a Tesla? Should I get solar panels? Whatever. And my contrary opinion is before you do anything, I would recommend you just continue learning because you might, you know, you might buy that electric vehicle, but, you know, you might learn that it would, it would have been better to do something else. So I, I thought to myself, wow, what if we had some kind of a climate 101, like a, 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 you know, a two-hour class on the Internet? And it was co-created by all the environmental organizations, and it covered, like, the basics that, that everybody needs to know. And so this summer in 2022, we started to, 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 to think about creating an online curriculum that would give people a base knowledge of what they need to know. Well, we started interviewing people to find out if that was a good idea. And one person at the land trust said that they actually got an $80,000 grant to do that very thing. So they created a, a couple-hour online sustainability class and they spent $80,000, um, but only five people participated. Oh my gosh. So that's, that's when I realized, okay, instead of just doing the thing that I thought, I should interview people and figure out, is this a good idea? And thank goodness we did that because, you know, we, somebody already went down that path and, and spent $80,000. So what we ended up doing after interviewing people is let's create a little book, you know, 100 pages. It's a booklet. You can put it in your back pocket and take it to the beach. And this book um, we interviewed 100 people, and the book has 60 true stories of Hoosiers that are reducing carbon emissions, and they're doing it in three levels, either in their household, like Faye Moore in Michigan City who's installed solar panels, or they're doing it in their organization, like they're helping their church reduce emissions, like maybe some church got geothermal energy, or some school is uh, reducing food waste, or they're doing it in their city. So there's a city uh, by Fort Wayne, Huntington, um, their downtown um, is beautiful, like a lot of downtowns, but a lot of the old buildings, um, the owners are not maintaining the roof. 
so the water gets in and destroys the building, and then the city has to pay a quarter million dollars to destroy the building. So what if you could turn back the clock and pay the, the owner of the building to put a new roof on? Well, the city can't afford all of that, but the city can pitch in $5,000 with one string attached. You can get this money if you paint the roof of your building white. And because the buildings are three or four stories, nobody's going to see it anyway. And the reason why you paint it white is because it reduces energy cost. So this is one story of 60 of people all over Indiana who are reducing carbon emissions in really creative ways. So the stories, it changes the perception. Um, a lot of people in the environmental community they're, they're, in Indiana, they're always complaining about Indiana. Um, but this completely changes the conversation to focus on, well, what's working and what can we expand, amplify? But it also has 29 relevant bills that people should know about state-level bills, and it also has 50 organizations that can help you get started, help you get geothermal, a geothermal system, get solar panels, reduce food waste, whatever. There's 50 different organizations, and some of them up in northwest Indiana include um, Save the Dunes, for example. And um, Nancy Moldenhauer in Michigan City is one of the stories, and, uh, and actually mentioned uh, you and your organization as, as taking some of her ideas and expanding it to the entire region. So I'll stop there. There's the, there's the 60 stories, the, the 30 bills, the 50 organizations, and that's the, that's the core of the book. Okay. Yeah, well, thanks for the shout-out about Nancy. Uh, yeah, Nancy definitely was one of the people who worked with us on Northwest Indiana Region Resilience. Uh, she was right there helping Michigan City uh, getting their Sustainability Commission started and is now helping me help others around the region who want to start sustainability commissions. We see that as a way to really help people scale. Um, because even if you have a climate action plan, if you kick it over to a mayor or a city council that doesn't really have the bandwidth to deal with it or doesn't have the technical knowledge to know what to do with it, it might just sit there and all this work that we've done be kind of like that $80,000 webinar <laughs> five people came to. You know, it's a lot of work to pull this all together, and now we want to see action. So one thing I'm thinking about the intersectionality of what you're doing and what I'm doing is maybe, um, you know, recommending this book for a book club that some of these um, are book study. And I know that's one thing that you've also got on offer that we can talk about but Highland Neighbors for Sustainability, that's uh, a neighbor group that began, oh, in early 2020, we hosted an event we called Climate Action Blitz here in the region. We had 100 people sign up, and it was a big snowstorm, so I think we only had 65 people attend, but that was still good attendance. We had people from 13 different communities, and that was right before COVID started. This was February 2020, and our idea at that event was let's bring people together, let's introduce neighbors, and then let's ask them to go to their mayor or their city council and ask them to pass a climate you know, emergency. And then COVID. <laughs> so meetings weren't even happening or it was unclear how meetings were happening. And honestly, that's when we shifted over to let's do this greenhouse gas inventory instead. And honestly, it, it's been kind of great because that gave us this framework and made us you know, work on Zoom and now we've got these neighborhood groups that really started with that seed in Highland with the Climate Action Blitz. And Highland Neighbors for Sustainability has already been doing book study groups around sustainable, you know, topics about sustainability. So I think 
having this book as your study guide and your study book study focus seems so meta and so perfect. Um, so can you talk a little bit about like the book study group or the book discussion? I, I know that was something that you, you threw out there as an option that people could uh, participate that way. Yes, the, that's the thing I'm most excited about. So um, there's over 150 people throughout Indiana who said that they want to participate in a small book discussion. So I've organized um, virtual meetings in, you know, in, in the next three to six months, and each meeting will have five to ten people, and they'll just, you know, they're going to have a, a nice two-hour meeting, so you can we can have a lot of time. Get to, first, we're going to get to know each other, so make new friends. Then we're going to go through the book chapter by chapter. And then we're going to have half the time dedicated to, well, what do we do with this information? How can I implement this at my company or in my church or my, wherever my influence is? So the book is designed for small book group, for small book discussions. It's very easy to read. It takes about an hour or two to read. There's discussion questions. Um, there's, I forgot to mention, every story has a how-to guide. So if you get really excited about a story, it tells you how much does it cost to implement, what do you need to do, who do you need to talk to, and it's like a play-by-play. -play. Um, and then the other thing I'm really excited about is our community donated $30,000, and we printed um, 2,000 books and mailed them for free to leaders throughout the state of Indiana. So every elected official at the city, county, and state level, so city councilors, mayors, county commissioners, every county has three, every representative and senator at the state level, the executive branch like Governor Holcomb, also Indiana Economic Development Corporation, and also the largest churches, and also 100 chambers of commerce, and also every high school superintendent, and Boy Scout troops, and libraries, and so on. So we sent 2,000 free copies to, to civic leaders throughout the state at every level, in, um, in every sector, really, to try to change the conversation that, you know, this is relevant to Indiana. It's already happening. The trains left the station. Look at all this awesome that's happening. Let's increase it. Great. Well, I ordered mine a little bit late to be able to comment from a first-person, um, you know, testimonial viewpoint, but <laughs> I'm sure it is going to be great, and I'm eagerly awaiting. You told me you already got it in the mail, and I just ordered today, so I'm very impressed with your efficiency. <laughs> but you also have a really special offer right now for people who order. This is, uh, as you said, we're in November 2022, and today is the 14th. So if you're listening after that, the book probably is still available, but not at the special rate. Can you tell people about the special rate and also, let's not forget to tell people about your website. Yeah, sure. If you want to learn more, go to carbonneutralindiana.org. And the special rate is, you know, the book retails for $30 and it's half off. So you get a $15 coupon if you um, buy with the link, I think, below this podcast. And that money, um, all the profit will go towards helping climate in Northwest Indiana, so it's a win-win. Um, and so if you're really wondering, you know, what can I do as an individual? My answer is this book. You know, spend an hour or two reading it, and you're going to, it'll blow your mind with all the awesome stuff that you could be doing. The book's a mile wide and an inch deep. So no matter your age or your background, you'll find something that's really exciting, and, and it'll launch you down the, uh, a rabbit hole on the Internet to read more. Great. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to it. I've played in a lot of sandboxes trying to gather this type of information, 
have even thought about trying to do it myself. I didn't necessarily have the time or the bandwidth to do that. <laughs> so I'm kind of excited that you have done that because I, I definitely did see a need. Um, you know, I've got, I don't know, it would be cool to see if, if the ideas that I've got are, are in there or maybe we can partner if you ever do a reprint. <laughs> but I um, also wanted to say, in case you're listening and you don't see the link or you don't see the show notes, I think you told me people could also enter coupon code NWI for Northwest Indiana. Is that correct? Exactly. So when you're checking out, just put in NWI. Great, great. Yeah, and it, it worked well. You can just put multiple books in there. If uh, you're feeling in the giving mood, we're coming up on a, a giving holiday for a lot of people in, in some traditions. So think about the environmentalists that would really enjoy getting this, maybe a a teacher or, you know, who could you give it to that could really make an impact with this book? You know, buy one for you, one for a friend. Um, I think I'm really looking forward to this, and uh, I will be sharing this with our various regional neighbors for sustainability groups that are popping up, and I, I think this might be a winner. So any parting thoughts or anything else you want to share? Maybe what what's next for Carbon Neutral Indiana? Well, the, the one comment I'll make about the book is that, you know, you know, I have a family too, and when I sit around the Thanksgiving dinner table, I don't really want to bring up climate change. It's a downer. It's like a buzzkill, right? But we do need to talk about it, and this book is designed to be positive. It's The whole frame is positive. It comes from this field called appreciative inquiry, which comes from a field of organizational change. If a company hires you as a consultant, and they want to be more innovative, or they want to remove racism from their or, uh, or sexism from their culture. There's a, there's a way you can do that called appreciative inquiry. And so instead of trying to find what's wrong and fix it, you find out what's already working. So you say, okay, what are the times in which you've been innovative in the past? And people list out all the examples. And then you say, well, what mindset did you have and what led to that? And so you start to get people in the framework in the, in the mindset of what they want, innovation or, um, you know, an inclusive culture. That's how this book is designed, not to shame people, not to make them feel bad, but look at all this awesome stuff that's happening. So while it's never like a great time to talk about climate change with your family, like at Christmas or, or any, any Thanksgiving or any other holiday, this book is a good way to do it if you're going to do it at all. Um, so what's next is, you know, in 2023, uh, right now we have about 200 households that are carbon neutral. Um, we're going to laser focus on increasing that uh, by 150. So this time next year, I hope uh, we're going to fire on all cylinders to get to about 350 households that are carbon neutral. Great. Well, good luck with your goals, and uh, I hope hope the Forest Alliance or the Parks Department or whoever you need to say yes to partner with you <laughs> comes through uh, so that we can get some of those carbon credits happening right here and drawing down our own greenhouse gases right here locally. But again, I do realize we're all one planet and you know, it's it's all good wherever the good happens. And uh, it, it sounds like you've got a really good process for, for vetting the credits, which I, you know, appreciate. Um, so, yeah, just thanks for all the work you're doing. It sounds really exciting, and I can't wait to get the book. So you have been listening to another episode of 219 Green Connect. I'm your host, Kathy Sipple, and my guest today has been Daniel Pointer. He is the founder from Carbon Neutral Indiana. We've been talking about uh, his new book, Carbon Neutral Indiana, A Practical Guide to Climate Optimism. And there are 60 stories of Hoosier 
people in there who are reducing their carbon emissions and also includes lots of other practical how-to guides and uh, relevant bills and group discussion questions. There's a book discussion group that you can join. All the links, again, are in the show notes, or you can go to carbonneutralindiana.org to learn more. And if you want to buy your copy right now, and it's before November 25th of 2022, you can get it for a half price off if you use the special link in our show notes, or you can enter NWI as your discount code. So again, think about that for the giving season. And if it's after the giving season, hey, still be giving. It's a good <laughs> good book, a good idea at any price. But for right now, it'll be a little sweeter if you make the move. And I do want to say, too, that I think there is a limit besides the time frame. I believe uh, our organization is being capped at 50 copies at that discounted price. So act now. There is a sense of urgency and scarcity. So uh, thanks also to the Hoosiers who are all over the state, but especially those from northwest Indiana who uh, have been mentioned by Daniel, but I can't wait to get my hands on my copy, and I will be giving you shout-outs on social media and probably calling you or otherwise nudging you with an add-a-girl, add-a-boy for everything that you <laughs> do. Okay. Well, thanks again, Daniel. Um, hope to have Thank you back you. soon once you're in your next phase of, of what's to come. It sounds like a lot of exciting things on the horizon. Take care. Thank you, Kathy. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.